0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Churches Podcast. I've got to tell you something today. You are hearing this message today from a man that the world threw off to the side. You're hearing this message today from a man that got abandoned by Egypt. You're hearing this message today from someone who the world left for dead. But thanks be to God there was a church where some people cared enough about what the world threw away. And God looked down upon a young man and he changed his life and he changed the course of his future. He changed everything I'm telling you what the Bible says that he's going to turn our our ashes into joy amen how's he going to do that I'll tell you how he's going to do that he's going to give us everything back that the world stole from us amen I'm telling you I've been abandoned by Egypt but I've been picked up and found by Jesus Christ and I've never been happier in my life to change my association Keeping us safe, and uh, appreciate our ushering staff that has helped us out so much here over the past few months. Done a wonderful job. It's just good to have everybody here. First Samuel chapter thirty verse eight. There's an interesting story that I would like to turn your attention to today. I'm going to cover several things. I would like to stand here today and. Uh, it's been what three weeks i think i haven't preached behind this pulpit uh, the last three weeks it uh, has been covered and i've enjoyed a little bit of a reprieve a little bit of a rest since rice and i were able to get out and take a few days and, and get away and take a vacation uh, a short vacation just enjoy being together but i have missed being behind the pulpit and i'm glad Uh, to be here today and I wish I had just a bunch of funny stories and anecdotes and analogies we could all have fun but I really feel that there's an urgency behind this message today that some this church needs to receive this message you don't need to just hear it. it doesn't need to just bounce off of you but you need to receive this message today and understand the role of the church and the role of you as an individual in the church and possibly the role of you being one of these other individuals that I'm going to speak about today. God's coming back soon. He's coming back, and once He's come back, there's, there's not a whole lot of hope for those that are left behind. And even if, uh, if there is hope, there's debate about that. I'm not going to stand here and say one way or the other. I have my opinions on it, but I will say this, if you can't live for him now, you won't live for him then. If you can't stand up for God now when things are as good as they are right now, you won't live for him then when things are terrible for the people of God. And so I ask you today to just really bear in mind, listen to this message today. I believe it is a, a timely message for you. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 8. It says, so David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Now this is the familiar to many of us story of David when they come back to Ziklag and they find that everything that they own is gone. Their wives or children have all been taken. David's found himself in a very difficult position. And he's gone to the man of God and he has asked him, do we go after him? Do we try to retrieve? What do we do? Do I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the man of God answered David and he said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Now that's, that's got to make David feel good. It's temporarily gone, not permanently gone. It's been taken away, but I'm going to be able to retrieve it all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and he came to the brook, Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued. He and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the Brook Vessor. Before we give them too hard of a time today about not being able to continue to go after what had been stolen from them, I want to remind you that they had just made quite the trek back from another place that they expected to do battle, and they had just gotten back home from a long journey. Some of them were too weary to physically Continue. So they stayed. But David pursued. He and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Basor. Let me just stop right here and tell somebody it is worth pursuing the promise that God has given you. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's been stripped away from you. I don't care what you have lost. I don't care what you woke up this morning and found out was gone. I don't care how hurt you've been. I don't care how rejected you feel. If God has made you a promise, that promise is worth pursuing. You pursue the promise of God for God will not he will not fail to live up to his promise there's no recovering what's lost if we don't have the spirit and the will to pursue the promise verse 11 says then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and they gave him bread and he ate they let him drink water they gave him a piece of cake and some figs, two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For the Egyptian had, had no bread nor water for three days and three nights. And David said to him, to whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt. Now, Egypt is the word of God is always a typology of the world it's always compared to worldliness he said I'm a young man from Egypt I'm not a Hebrew like you are David I'm not even with your group, your crowd I'm an Egyptian and more than that I'm a servant of of an Amalekite the Amalekites were who had just burned down Ziklag He says, and my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. This young Egyptian boy was left behind to die by Egypt because he had fallen sick. I just want to preach to you a message that I have entitled Abandoned by Egypt would you bow your heads and let's pray a word together that God would just bless this message today Lord we thank you for your word pray right now our hearts would be able to receive it as you intend us to receive it in the name of Jesus would you say amen as you're seated today let me give you a little bit of the backstory of what's taking place here I recommend that you go home and you uh, go to first Samuel and you read from about chapter 26, 27, all the way through like chapter 30, 31 in there to give you the full layout. There's a lot that takes place in these few chapters of the word of God that explains so much of what's taking place. But at this particular point, David has been anointed to be the next king of Israel, but he is not on the throne as of yet. He is, as a matter of fact, being chased by the present king of Israel, Saul, and Saul intends to take David's life because Saul no longer is walking in the anointing that was once upon his life from the Lord. David is running and he finds himself in a place where he's given refuge by a king. The king's name is Achish. King Achish is not only the king of Gath, which is a Philistine province, a Philistine territory, but he is the king of Gath, which is the city that Goliath had come from. Now, I, I want you to picture this with me. For David to return to the very city who he had killed its hero, He's going to Achish and asking for refuge in the city of Gath where he is definitely known and probably not very well liked or admired. It's interesting to me that David was safer in Gath than he was in Israel. He was safer amongst the enemies of the Philistines than he was amongst his own brethren and his own countrymen. He was safer amongst the heathens and the worldly people than he was amongst God's chosen people. I find in there a warning to us that if we ever lose our anointing if we ever cease to walk in the spirit and the presence of God that it would be better for a sinner to stay in the world than it would be for them to come into a church that no longer follows after the principles and the precepts and the anointing of almighty God it might as well they might as well just run with the world as come into a church that doesn't walk in an anointing they might as well be in the world has come into a church that has no spirit no power of God moving in it but God has called the church to be a living church he has called the church to be a church that is full of his spirit and his power to transform those that are lost in this world the church that has, a lo- that has lost its anointing will do more harm than good those that are lost in this world. Amen. They are better off to come to a place, amen, that offers them the spirit of Almighty God than they are to go to a place that offers them a light show and a coffee shop. And I'm not against some of those things. Those things are all right, but not at the cost of losing the anointing. We must have the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost in our midst. Achish gives David Ziklag Ziklag uh, is a place that is outside of the royal kingdom and David has been seeking refuge from Achish for a while and he goes to Achish and he says you know you've allowed us to come and live within the inner circle here but is there not a place that you can give me and my men for our families to go that a little further out give us a little more elbow room a little more space and Achish agrees to David's terms and and he he offers him ziklag and but what what they come to these terms where david and his men they go out on raids and they bring back spoils from these raids and they they go against achish's enemies and they bring back all the plunder and and they go to achish and they say here's what we've got and they they share this plunder and so achish in return for giving david some refuge is making a pretty little penny off the whole deal He's not coming out of it without lining his pockets a little bit. And so he looks at the situation that he has with David and he feels like he's kind of got David over barrel. He's kind of got a little bit of, of, of leverage with David because David is so hated. He thinks in his mind by his own people that Achish feels that David needs him bad enough for safety purposes, that David will always be faithful to Achish. So Achish begins to trust David. He thinks that he owns David, that David will always have a need for his services. And it's a a nice little deal that he's got going on there. There comes a point in time in history where Achish along with the other Philistine kings gets together and they're going after a an enemy. They're getting ready to go into battle and David says, I'll go along with you. I'll serve alongside of you. But who they are battling is not some other some other territory it is the children of Israel it's David's own people and David tells Achish we'll go and we'll fight with you and Achish trusts David enough that he says come on along you've proven yourself your warriors are, are quite fantastic we, we'd love to have you along but when he gets to the group where all of the Philistine kings meet together the rest of the kings don't have the same confidence in David as Achish has Probably rightfully so. the Word of God doesn't really tell us what David's motives were, but I do know that David, when he had the opportunity to kill Saul, who was who they were going to battle against, withdrew and would not harm God's anointed. I do know that David made a pact with Jonathan who is who they were going to battle with, that he would not harm him. There was a friendship there. And so the other kings of the Philistines, they were probably scratching their heads saying, who is this that you brought along? Isn't this David, the giant slayer? Isn't this David, the Israelite? Isn't this David? We've heard that he's even been anointed to be the next king of Israel. What are you doing, Achish, bringing him along to the battlefield? We're going to get out there and he's going to turn on us. And they refuse David and his men to go into battle with them. They don't have confidence that he won't betray them. So they say, David, you and your men leave. Go back home. Head back to Ziklag. We don't need you here. We don't trust you. And David and his men turn around and they began to make the long trek back to Ziklag, understanding that this is a wasted trip. Like I said, I don't know what their intentions were. Maybe they were going to go into battle with Israel and they thought that they would share in the plunder, that they would share in the spoils of the battle. Maybe they were going to go in and then turn on the Philistines and side up with their Israelite brothers. We really don't know what the story was going to be. It doesn't explain that to us but what I do know is that David and his 600 men were going back home empty-handed. It was a wasted trip. Been rejected. They've Been sent home empty-handed. And then it goes from bad to worse. Because on their way back home, as they get closer to Ziklag somebody spots smoke it's not from a campfire i mean the air is filled with it what's going on and i'm sure the men began to get anxious and as they came over the rise of the hill or around the bend whatever it was or when they got within eyesight they saw something they never dreamed that they would see they saw their city they saw their houses all up in ashes there was nothing left it had all been burnt there were no children out playing in the yards their wives were not out hanging up clothes or cooking supper preparing for their men to come back from warfare there was nobody there It was empty and it had been destroyed any Thing that the that the Amalekites couldn't take with them, they threw it in a pile and they set it all on fire. And the men that came back with David to Ziklag literally came back to nothing but ashes. But God was about to use a throwaway boy from Egypt to give David a victory. He couldn't see it at that moment. He couldn't see how anything good could come out of what he was looking at. And friend you hear me today there may be some things in your life. You may find yourself in a place where nothing you're looking at seems to be good. You may find yourself in a place where you look around and you see everything that you've loved everything that you've built, everything that you've lived for is nothing more than ashes. But God is going to use you if you're willing to pursue the promise that he's given you. Don't you look and what you see, you keep your eyes upon the promise and you pursue the promises of God. Yeah. For they are yea, and they are amen. Yes. Don't give up when things look bad. Don't you quit when you ask yourself how things could get any worse only to find out that they indeed did get worse. Because God just may surprise you with an answer from someone who just got left behind in Egypt, from somebody that the world abandoned, from somebody that they threw away. I've got to tell you something today. You are hearing this message today from a man that the world threw off to the side you're hearing this message today from a man that got abandoned by Egypt you're hearing this message today from someone who the world left for dead but thanks be to God there was a church where some people cared enough about what the world threw away and God looked down upon a young man and he changed his life and he changed the course of his future He changed everything. David's not sure what to do. They're setting in Ziklag and his own men. (laughs) He's got enough problems already, you know. Saul hates him. Saul commands the the forces of the Israelites. They've been chasing David for years now. He's running, the Bible says like a like a bird just running from stone to stone just trying to survive just every every place he goes Saul is intent upon taking David's life and, and now he's found refuge in Gath which is where he uh, where Goliath came from and so he's not real popular there he's only surviving there because he's kind of struck a deal where he's valuable uh, more valuable alive than he is dead and now He's come back home with the only people that have sided with him. And he's led them out and brought them back to nothing but ashes. And They start saying, maybe this guy isn't what he's cracked up to be. I wonder if that anointing stuff is really real at all. Maybe we just ought to take David out. And stone him. David finds himself all alone. Anybody ever felt like that? Isolated by yourself. It's not just that nobody's paying you any attention. You feel like they wish you were dead. This is where David finds himself. But David didn't run from his problems, and neither should you. David didn't say, I'm out of here. As soon as it's dark and everybody's asleep, I'm on tippy toe right on out of here, and I'm going to hightail for some place where nobody knows who I am. No, David didn't run from his problems. David ran to his God, and the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. How did he encourage himself in the Lord? I'll tell you what he did. He found a place by himself in a dark cave, and he got alone to where nobody could bother him, and nobody could distract him, and instead of complaining about everything that was going on, and try to, instead of trying to get a Council of people around him and try instead of trying to talk everybody that was wanting to kill him out of killing him he goes before his God and he begins to pray and says God I don't know what to do but you do you know exactly what to do and if you'll help me God I'll do whatever you tell me to do and he encouraged himself in the Lord and the Bible says that when he got up out from praying he felt a little bit different he was encouraged he didn't see things as darkly as he had been seeing them it didn't matter what it looked like David understood that God could do anything that he served the God of the impossibilities and it didn't matter what men said God had anointed him and he had a purpose and he had a promise he just had to pursue after that promise things look different after you pray You may find yourself in a place where you've lost everything, lost everybody, where you don't know which way to turn. You don't have the answers. Let me tell you, I'm going to make you feel better. You do not have to have the answers for everything. It's not time to pick up a self-help book. It's not time to Google it. It's not time to gather friends around. It's time to pray. There's something about prayer that will encourage you. There's something about prayer that will promote faith in you. There's something about when we pray that will make us see things differently than we've seen them in the past. David didn't ask men what to do. He said, where's the man of God? I need to hear what God has to say. Be careful where you run to when you're in trouble. Be careful where you get your advice from when you're hurting and you feel threatened and, and you feel insecure and we're living in a day and age right now where all of those things are a very real possibility in our life. It seems like everything that can be shaken has been shaken. But I'm telling you here today, it's not over yet. The shaking is still taking place. Amen. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm not here being a doomsday prophet, but I'm telling you what the word of God says. But for the children of God, you've got to be able to pursue the promises of God. Because God has promised that where he is, we will be also. You keep your eyes upon him. You keep after him. Don't you be distracted. Distracted by the things of this world and the problems that surround you. You continue serving him. So he goes to the man of God. He says, tell me what the Lord wants me to do. Whatever it is, I'll do it. I'll do it. Man of God... Quest of the Lord and answer and God says, tell him to go. Tell him to pursue. And if he'll do what I tell him to do, not only will he catch his enemies, but he's going to get back everything that was taken from him. There are times when hope seems distant and far away but when God speaks hope returns when you hear direction from God it may not seem to make sense but your hope begins a return When God began to speak all of a sudden you come out of the dark cave and you start telling the guys around you grab your swords! We got a job to do. Our mission's not over yet. God just told me that everything that's been taken from us, we're going to get it all back. Who's with me? And he didn't have any problem at all. The men were ready to go because they had nothing left where they were at. It had all been destroyed. It was all gone. They couldn't even go into their own home and rest up for a little while. It was all ashes and this world will leave you with nothing but ashes. One day it's all going to be gone. Don't put your trust and your hope and your faith and your confidence in anything that's on this earth. It's all going to turn to ashes. But put your hope in a place where moth and rust and dust cannot corrupt. A place that is eternal. Feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Mm. said, go. David was fired up. He didn't need any coaxing. Nothing keeping him where he was at. Everything he cared about was in the hands of an enemy. And so off they go. They're pursuing the retrieval of everything that was theirs. While they're on their way, they are... The Bible tells us trekking, walking through a field when they come upon a young man that is dying in the field. He must have looked terrible. Probably too weak to even stand up on his own. He was sick. And by this time, three days later, he was starved of food and water. The Bible says that they had to bring him to David. So I assume... That he needed help even moving by this point. David begins to question the young man Who are you? Where are you from? Why is it that they left you to die in this field all alone? Did you betray your master? Did you commit some crime? Did you do something wrong that they don't care about you? And the answer to all of that is no. His greatest crime was the fact that he came down ill. He got sick he got the flu or whatever it was that he got and he couldn't hardly put one foot in front of the other so instead of his master instead of uh, the the, the Amalekites that were with him instead of the one that should have cared about him picking him up and carrying him until he was better they thought he's not worth the trouble we're just going to lay him down here we're not even going to leave him any food or water he's just going to lay out here until he dies and away they go and the young uh, Egyptian boy lays there and watches the one that had cared for him walk away like he never even mattered at all till they're completely out of sight and for three days he lays there with no food and no water no help no comfort fully expecting to die If you think your worldly friends are going to be there when you no longer have anything to offer, you are sadly mistaken. If you think this world cares about you and they want, the, and they're going to be there when you need them, you are sadly mistaken. This world will throw you away the moment that you do not have anything that they can use from you. They will dry you out and they will leave you and they won't even leave anything for you to try to survive on on your own. They will just soon that you just Just lay out there and die as them carry you they will not care for you but thank God there's some people of God that are walking through the field there's some people of God that have been called to walk through the field while we're on our way to retrieve a home that has been promised to us and on our way through the field we're looking for people that Egypt has abandoned yes We're headed to recover some things that have been taken from us. That sneaky snake lied, lied, lied through his two teeth. And we were robbed. We lost some things a long time ago. I'm on my way to retrieve something that God wanted me to have all along. Is anybody walking through this field of life with me looking for something that you've been, that you've had stolen from you? Amen. I'm telling you what the Bible says that he's going to turn our, our ashes into joy. Amen. How's he going to do that? I'll tell you how he's going to do that. He's going to give us everything back that the world stole from us. Amen. I'm telling you, I've been abandoned by Egypt, but I've been picked up and found by Jesus Christ and I've never been happier in my life to change my association (laughs) ancient. David questions a young man. Who are you with? He says, I was with the Amalekites when they burned down Ziklag. By the way, where are you guys from? Ziklag. Ooh. Can I retract that last statement? What I meant to say was I came across Ziklag and I saw it burning. I tried to put out the fire. That's what I meant. to. Say. No, David finds out that this young man was a part of the same group that had just stole their wives and their children and had burned down their town. David had a choice to make here. Just as we as a church have a choice to make every time we find what once used to be an enemy of god lying hopeless in a field and dying because they've been abandoned he said i can either kill this guy for what he's done or i can turn this situation around and we can work together perhaps he'll lead us to the enemy and we can have a victory I want to tell you something today. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what color their skin is. I don't care if they got money in the bank or they don't have any money in the bank. I don't care what kind of car they're driving or where they live. I don't care how they smell, look. I don't care what kind of addictions they might have. Amen. That's all just goes along with the part of them dying. Amen. If Egypt has abandoned them, I'll tell you one thing. I'll take them in. I'll bring them in. I'll care for them. I'll feed them. This church will help them. We'll gather them together. We'll bring them into place. We'll give them a family because when the world abandons somebody, the church ought to be there walking through the field and picking them up and healing their body. It just might be that God would use them to bring us to a victory. Yes. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord today. Oh, hallelujah. You need to hear what I'm saying. Hey, everybody matters. Yes. Every soul matters. You don't know who it is that's going to walk through the door that reaches out and becomes the next evangelist. Amen. You don't know who it is that's going to be the next Sunday school teacher that might teach your children and give them the Holy Ghost. You don't know who it might be because such were some of you. We were abandoned, nothing more than just abandoned. We were abandoned until Jesus sent somebody our way. that we looked at at the enemy and we thought they might even destroy us but we found that there was a heart of God beating in their chest and they looked down and said no we're not here to kill you we're here to help you we're here to nurse you back to health we're here to get you where you can stand on your own two feet and then when that's all said and done why don't you just come along and join our crowd why don't you just come along and enjoy the victory that we're headed for maybe you can even help us out I'm telling you people need the church to be the church today more than they've ever needed the church to be the church in the past. God is using us, but we must have the anointing flowing through us. Amalekites made a fatal error when they left this little boy behind. They should have kept him. They should have showed that they cared at least a little bit. But they showed their hand as only the world can do. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad I figured that out before I was totally destroyed. I began to look around and see some things that didn't add up. How come it's only when I do certain things that that people want to invite me, that people really act like they care, that people laugh, but when I do something else maybe that's a little good, they just seem to shun me, they push me away, they don't want to hear those certain things. It's because it's the nature of Egypt to abandon what it can't use. It's its nature. I don't mean to be harsh, crass, but I'm trying to get somebody here today to realize how little you mean to the world. Oh, they want to make you feel like you're the most important thing in the world as long as you have something to offer. As long as they can gain or profit by it, they'll shoot you to the moon. But the minute that all of your income is gone, the minute that you have nothing to offer them, they will abandon you in the middle of a field and they won't even leave you with a bottle of water. That's the way you feel today. Maybe you've been there for a few days, a few weeks, and you're fully expecting just to die. Keep your ears open because the next footsteps that you hear are going to be the footsteps of Landmark. As they're walking through the field on their way to retrieve a promise. They're excited about the promise. They, they've got some, that, that's, I've got family members over there. I'm looking forward to seeing again. I just took my grandson out and I showed him three generations of, of, his, his family members and where they're all laid to rest. I introduced him to his grandfather who he never got to meet before. My dad that I love and I cherish and I'm looking forward to seeing him again. I don't want to be morbid here. That's not the whole point, but I want him to understand that he has a heritage, that there are those in this family that have gone on before we're ready to go to meet them I want to retrieve them I want to go to that place but there's somebody that's trying to stop us I'm headed through the field but I'm not too busy to stop and take care of somebody that the world has abandoned you may feel like you've been tossed to the side. I found you in a field today where music come. You're still breathing. You're weak. You can't even move on your own. It's hard for you to make a decision right now because you don't know what's right and what's wrong. You don't know which way to go. You don't know what you're going to do or where the source is going to come from if you're even going to survive. This church is in the field. And on our way to heaven. Which we're excited about going to. were willing to stop and nurture someone that's figured out that the world has abandoned them. Yesterday, I had the privilege and honor of standing at a casket for a beautiful elderly saint of God that has preached this word for long or longer than I've been alive. Sister Bernadine Caldwell was a beautiful child of God. She preached her last sermon several years ago in this church. I spoke with her briefly several times. Her health failed. She was... Almost ready to turn 98 years old. I believe she was 92 or 93, maybe 94, when she preached behind this very pulpit. That was a powerful message she left with us, but the one I really remember was the time that she came to a small church in southern Illinois. 17 year old kid still reeking of the world and I mean literally reeking of the world was sitting in the back row as that red headed female evangelist preached her heart out and something got a hold of me I remember sitting telling my two friends one a backslidden Pentecostal and the other just a good neighborhood friend of mine who later came to know the Lord told him I'm done with this what are you talking about? I was in a drunken stupor when I said it what are you doing? there's something about sitting there and that condition when all of a sudden this light went on inside my head and I said, this is not taking me where I thought it was going to take me. I'm not finding the satisfaction that I thought I would find. There's there's fleeting moments of fun and and pleasure, but when it's all said and done and and the lights go out, I'm alone and I'm empty and I'm abandoned. and, And I realize that the world that i had cozied up to didn't care about me. She preached that message and i saw and felt the power of God come into that service that night. I had my head kind of down, i was trying to hang on for dear life. I part of me didn't want to go up to that altar, and part of me did, that's a battle that never ends, a battle against spirit and flesh. When I looked up, I saw two people that were in the youth group, and they were sobbing They were bent over the pew in front of them and their shoulders were literally sobbing. And the Lord spoke to me and He said, they're crying for you. Those tears are over you. And all of a sudden I came to the realization of what real love and real caring was all about. I understood that while the world looked at me as a throwaway, while the world was willing to abandon me, that I had friends right there that were willing to fight for me and battle spirits for me. And I felt that love and that care. And it was that that gave me the strength to step out from behind where I was standing and walk down to an altar. Messed up. Sick. Spiritually destitute. God said I've got some victories I think I could use a young man like you I think I could still find a use for you perhaps you can help my kingdom out as we journey towards the promise and from 17 to 53 I've made it my life's effort to do whatever I could to move God's kingdom forward and create victories for God's people. No matter how great or how small they might be, and there's more small than there are great, but when God says, would you help us overcome and retrieve some things that some folks have lost, what can I relate to that? Can I relate to losing something so valuable and so precious? And finding not only did I get everything that I lost back, but so much more. Would you stand with me today? I stood at that casket yesterday, my eyes filled with tears as I spoke to her daughter that I had never met before as quickly as I possibly could because I had to move on, I had to get going. I was working for FedEx, and I just was compelled to stop in and pay. One final respect to somebody that was willing to stop on their journey and bend down and help a young man recover and make him a part of a new family. Every time I spoke to her, stopped by, she'd say, you know, you're one of my boys, (laughs) one of my boys I got a new name belonged to a new people I figured it out in time and I'm praying today that you'll figure it out if you haven't already I know this message may not be for everyone today or it may touch you in a different way than it might touch somebody else in this place. If you're a part of the church, oh my God, help us realize, help us realize the importance of our role and not to get so caught up that we don't, we're not willing to stop long enough to nurse somebody back to spiritual health. And if you're the one laying in the field that's been abandoned, don't give up. Keep drawing one more breath, one more breath. The church is on its way. We're here. We're coming. We're coming. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Because God's got a job for you to do. You may have some insight on something that none of the rest of us have that could help us have a victory that we might not have were not for you. As they begin to sing this song, so why don't you bow your head right where you're at and get real serious with God right now. Let Him speak. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.